This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Chilly in Chile where you're at? Is it cold? Um, Not uh, in this particular room, but overall, actually, it was not not too bad. Last couple of days has been cold, but today it was a balmy 27 degrees. Today was cold, man. It's freezing, freezing around these parts. Yeah, yeah. Hard to stay outside. Fingertips go first. Yeah, absolutely. Getting to the tauntaun. I had a press conference scheduled today, a rally that I thought was going to be outside. I was fearing the worst, but then we realized it was inside, and I I was happy. Oh. I was quite content. I don't want my giblets freezing off. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody wants frozen giblets. No. Hey, this is Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Besides Star Wars, if you're itching to dive deep into all things geek, park your speeder right here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And may the Force be with you always. And we are not here. We are actually live on a different podcast. Go over yes. to Scurf's Scuttlebutt podcast. What? And you'll see. Scurf, that's his name. Scurf. Scurf? Scuttlebutt? Yeah. That's the whole thing. That's the whole name. Scurf Scuttlebutt podcast. Come join us at Scurf Scuttlebutt podcast. Why don't you just go over to the Scuttlebutt podcast and watch us live? Uh, so scuttle your way over. Just scuttle your way <laughs> scuttle. over. Get that Scuttlebutt link. Watch us on Scuttlebutt. What's his, What's the first part of the? Scurifs. Scurifs. Scurif. Scurifs. Something like, like a beetle. Scurif beetles from Egypt. Maybe. I don't know. Or is that something else? It's I don't know. Something like that. Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. That's why I call it just the shuttlebutt. Because <laughs> it's all weird to me anyways. Scurf. And a big thank you to the gang at Inside the Booth Podcast for that scurific intro. Always funny when I hear Dan trying to pronounce scarif. But thank you to our listeners. If this is your first time finding us based on a recommendation or a new follow, I really hope you enjoy this episode of a series we like to call Quick Cuts. Let me explain. So besides our deep dive discussions on all sorts of topics, Quick Cuts is our multiple topic conversation where we pick three friends and three topics. We hash it out and discuss. And we've got some doozies for you tonight. So when you're done with this episode, make sure you go back to our library of shows. If you love Star Wars, movies, discussions about pirates or the MCU, there's a discussion for you here on the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Follow us and subscribe wherever you download your other favorite podcasts. And just a reminder, we love to discuss all those nerd topics both here and on social media. So look for us on Twitter and look for more of the Red 5 Network family of pods at bio.link slash red5. Red 5 Network, it's where the cool kids hang. 
So without further ado, let's start the show. We've got Sean of the Extra Star Wars podcast and our resident gamer on his YouTube channel, Extra Gaming Whenever. Go check it out. We're talking about movies as art or product. We put that question out there on Twitter and we got some interesting answers. I'll read a few of those in a bit, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, let's join the conversation on this first part of Quick Cuts, only on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. How you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm tired. Yeah? A little bit tired today. Uh, I'm doing okay. You're up for Baby Gate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, two months-ish out. It's almost uh, just in time for Ahsoka. Is that what it is? Okay. No, I don't know. I just made it up. Uh, it, uh, Sounds good, though. Yeah, I would I would have uh, accepted. No, I think we're going to be in the um, middle of Mando. Yeah, middle, middle of Mando season when the new baby comes. Indeed. Well, that's fantastic. I'm excited. I'm happy for you. Much blessings to you yes, and thank your you. loved ones. How was your Scarif meeting, ScarifCon meeting? It was good. Um, I put the video up uh, on a private uh, chat if anybody wanted to check it out. Right. Jot some notes. But yeah. We'll see what happens. Okay, cool. So uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Thank you I'll very try much. My best. Yeah, I'll yeah. Try my best. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to chat with you, Sean. Welcome very much, and thank you to Extra Star Wars. How's how's it going? Extra Star Wars is going well. We're very excited. Just crossed the 100 subscriber mark after oh. being stuck in carbonite at 87 for what felt like six months wow and then i uh, decided to attack my comic collection that i only buy but never read by actually <laughs> reading them yeah. and recapping them in in a one minute under under one minute and uh, posting them as shorts because shorts is king and Short yeah. form is king, although I've I've gotten more performance on YouTube versus TikTok versus Instagram. Interesting. But I post on all three because I'm curious about the metrics. I'm curious about the analytics. And uh, it's so bizarre. You'll get a video that hits, I don't know, a thousand, which is really nothing when it comes to shorts. But then you, you post at the same time on the same or the next day and it gets two. Huh. And it's basically the same content, so it's very it's very curious about how it all works. But uh, this last one hit good. It only it it really didn't get a thousand, but it got me six subscribers. Oh, very. Which nice. they fluctuate. Like you'll see like a hundred and five, and then it 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 leveled out at a hundred and two. Yeah. So I'm I'm liable to to lose some, but people who are interested in the comics are obviously interested in what's going on. So that's really the. The key is finding that niche. I think I found my niche with the channel. I think it's books and comics. I think oh, that's it. Very nice. Ever, what if? Ever, what? If, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say everybody's doing the shows. Yeah, the shows don't hit for me at them mm. at all. So it's really those the 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 missing uh, the missing media playlist. Yeah. What you missed while waiting for Ahsoka. And all that good stuff. But anywho's, that's Very what nice. Extra Star Wars has been up to. We've been busy. It's 
Very nice. It's been, it's been great. What if what if it's all arbitrary and there is no secret sauce? You know what? There's not to I know this is a quick cut, but <laughs> I did watch a video that outlined how there's no such thing as a viral video. Yeah. And on the TikTok side, if somebody inside the company likes the video, they can basically what they called like heat boost it, or I forget the term, but more or less just automatically push it out to everybody. Listen, there is no algorithm. It's people. People made the algorithm. It's as corrupt as the Roman Empire. That's exactly what it is. You know, but they came up with roads, and that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And uh plumbing and running water. Yeah, not great. Uh they figured out where poop has to go, which is pretty cool. Very nice. uh, For sure. But uh yeah, no, it's 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 so curious about how the algorithm works, but that's a quick cut for another day. Well, that's always uh, it's always nice talking to you about the technical stuff. I uh, learn a lot, and uh, I know that you share some of those secrets uh, online and in our chat. So I'm always interested in in hearing that stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Like, likewise, likewise, my friend. I enjoy uh, passing it along. I don't know everything, but I know a lot about a little things. Or is the other way around? A little about a lot? I don't know. doesn't matter. Well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. I uh, asked you here tonight because I was very curious on something. I was talking to some other folks in another chat, and uh, the topic always seems to come up. And I know I've discussed this with other people in the Red 5 network, but like I said, it keeps popping up. And I'm very curious as to what your take is on this. We were talking about, um, you know, those blockbuster movies that we love to watch, especially during the summer. We grab our popcorn, we head on out to the theater. And, uh, you know, these movies that make a gazillion dollars every summer and everybody's happy and they go see it like 27 times and and then it hits, uh, you know, um, but then, you know, you got some people that um, that uh, claim that they don't like certain movies. And then the critics of those complaints say, oh, it's not fair. How can you say you hate this? So many people worked tirelessly for this craft. It's an art form. And I get it being behind the scenes. I understand how much creativity goes into a project. But I'm of the camp, and this might be a hot take. I wanted to get your take, the Sean take. Um, these movies are less art and more product. Um, they are designed for one thing and one thing only, to sell tickets. Otherwise, how are these studios going to uh, you know, boast the fact that they hit uh, $2 billion? But I wanted to get your take. Um, blockbuster movies, art or product? What do you think? I think it's two different categories. I think you have the artsy fartsy blockbuster, which would be Jaws. Now, no one really knew that was going to do well. It did well. Number 12 on this list that I'm looking for. But did people really go to see Jaws 2? Was it a blockbuster? Probably not. But I'll tell you, if I'm thinking of. Steven Spielberg didn't even go see Jaws 2. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I can tell you, because I grew up in the Harry Potter cinematic experience, 
they were blockbusters for me, regardless if they came out in summer. Uh, I was there at the 12 o'clock showing no matter what. And I think that's a little bit different. Uh, you know, that's not, that's not, you know, they're not really, art- it didn't win any Golden Globes. You know what I mean? When I think of blockbusters, it's best drama movie or best comedy at the end of the the year, or the beginning of the year, or whatever, whenever they do it. Right. You know, I'm I'm looking at this 75 best summer blockbusters of all time list and like Ratatouille's on it. I, would I even consider Ratatouille a blockbuster? Probably not. Right. At this right. point. So it, when it comes to product, uh, Star Wars is putting out a product, uh, not necessarily blockbusters at this time. Um, and there's plenty of evidence to support that. Uh, I think Avatar 2 went from blockbuster to product. Because why would you make a sequel trilogy or a sequel 12 years later if not to make money? Right? Because that's what you mean by product, right? Something that's just there right. to, to make some cash, right? Right, right, right. Um, like Grease 2. Yes. Or, okay. or the, the, the Saw trilogy. Not a blockbuster. Sells a lot of tickets because it's ridiculous. Right. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of what's out now. I'm going to look on while well, you're talking and bantering about yeah. AMC. Well, um, yeah, I'm offended. I, I do not banter. But one one thing that I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, you're I think we're uh, you're differentiating blockbuster and like, for instance, you know, there's this uh, very prestigious movie, supposedly, because I have not seen it yet. Uh, the Whale. And it's gotten mm. Golden Globe nominations. Mm. It's got some really great buzz for uh, for the main actor. Um, and, you know, people are saying, oh, my God, it's Oscar worthy. And obviously, when you think Oscar worthy, you don't think of, um, you know, you, you don't think of a movie like Saw, like you, you said, mm-hmm. or or even Star Wars when it comes to acting or, or stuff. Obviously, uh, a movie like Star Wars and uh, is going to get all the technical um accolades because of the type of films it is but usually the academy would kind of you know um ignore these special effects popcorn flicks that uh, that we are all used to and i know lately there has been some buzz regarding um angela bassett's uh, performance in wakanda forever Mm. Um, as Oscar worthy. And I did see that movie last night and she is damn good. I mean, you know, an actress of that caliber, I don't think she's going to phone it in, whatever the role is, whether it's sci-fi or deep drama. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, again, like I said, you know, I, I understand the creative aspect of films, but I think for the most part, a studio exists to sell a product. Um to sell tickets, to sell more tickets, to fill seats. And it's less of a art form per se. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. I think it's, it's less of an art form and more of a product. You know, I, I, I go back to 1975 when George Lucas started uh, jotting down his idea, his concept for star Wars and through the different incarnations of that that story, you know, obviously we got the finished product. Do I think that Star Wars in its original form um, is more product than art? Uh, 
Um, I might, I might backtrack on that because there is a singular voice creating that. And for him, it was his baby. Um, you know, fast forward a couple of decades and we have star Wars now, obviously not connected with the original creator of that universe. And it's more a movie created by committee, which, you know, you can argue, but I think most people will, uh, agree that it's, it's a lot more product than, than what the original, uh, creator intended. Um, but it's, it's interesting nonetheless. Um, Art versus product. Hmm. I see the movie theater industry when all of a sudden there's a theater within five miles of each other. Exaggerated, of course, but you could find a theater pretty easily. You don't have to go into the big city with the lights to go see your to go see your movie. Uh, I believe people dressed up for movies. No, back, yeah, back, back, back in, the in the good old days, I wasn't alive, but I think that's when movies were made for the blockbuster art project because that was the only thing there, and it was limited. Everything was a limited release. Um, you know, the Chinese theater, you know, kind of ring, you know, oh, we're going to play it at the Chinese theater, and it's like, cool, I'm going to go see it at the AMC 10. Right. You know, like, so like, there's no difference for me uh, when it comes to that. But I know when I go see a Broadway play, because I'm not too far from New York, uh, that's an event, you know, and that comes with a certain stigma that you have to conduct yourself in a way like you're not bringing a baby to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, you know, but but people bring babies to nine o'clock movies which i do not agree with but it's sort of like a normalization of it so therefore the blockbuster artsy fartsy movie is lost on today's generation you know it's just one of those things i i know what you're talking about with the whale i think that's brendan frazier i'm glad he's i'm glad he's back question mark but i don't you know i loved him in the mummy yeah i found the mummy to be a blockbuster how's that sound yeah, absolutely. It made tons of money. It was uh, what do they call it? Uh, a uh, little cult classic. And yes. Then they, and then they made more of them. Yeah. And guess what? They changed an actress in between it, and no one noticed or cared. They still saw it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they failed colossally with the the Scorpion King, but we're not going to talk about that. It's fine. The Rock made a great comeback uh, with that with movies, but you know, would you consider Black Adam uh, a blockbuster? Well, yes, with the amount of money it's spent, I would say, right? right? He anticipated it, but it didn't make any money. (laughs) So what does, so then, so then if, if a blockbuster is consistent with, hey, we, we spent a lot of money on this, we're hoping for a blockbuster, then it's in itself that, that thought process means you're trying to make a product to make money. Right. Right. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting it's an interesting aspect of that. Like, yeah. uh, What was the movie on Netflix by Scorsese? That's like 400 hours long. Oh, yeah. Irishman is it called or something like that. And like he poo pooed the Marvel Universe because he I think he was on the argument on the blockbuster side and arts and artsy. But the, the Irishman stunk. I didn't even watch it, but I but my dad watched it because he likes this stuff. And he's like, yeah, it was fine. You know, like because it just falls on deaf ears. There's so much content out there. 
Right. And and Marvel's just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna make a show about an Ant Man, and it's gonna make a lot of money. You're gonna love it, and it's gonna right. be great. We're just gonna follow the formula. It's pretty easy, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, it's interesting. It's it's super super interesting. I don't go to movies too often anymore, but I tell you, I did sign up one one year for that uh, movie pass, not movie pass, but AMC's version of it, where I could see like three movies a week for twenty bucks a month, which was a great deal. And I and I used it. I utilized it. This is before kids, and I would see everything. But now I'm like, ah, I can't really escape for three hours. It's hard to escape. Yeah. For that, so you know, I'll get to Wakanda forever, maybe next year. <laughs> that comes out. Of it. Sure. Yeah. It's out now. Go launch. I know. Disney I know Post. it is. Just in time. Just in time. Just in time. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting because you know, again, you know, you you go to you know, in Chicago, we have the Music Box Theater that usually plays a lot of, you know, very low key, artsy fartsy dramas, movies that are not really designed with superstars in mind. They're not going to make uh, you know, half a billion dollars in its first uh, mm-hmm. release. Those films are, you know, definitely art. There is a, you know, a vision of the movie that uh, that is uh, portrayed by the creator uh, or creators of that film versus, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie is is uh, going to be out there and it's going to generate dollars. And Mm -hmm. um, like I said, you know, there's an there's an aspect of art to them. But um, they are more product leaning right. for me than uh, than the uh, movie that's shown to twelve people on a Friday night at the Music Box here in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I see there's there's film fests like the independent film fests or whatever they're called. Right. You know, they're the I guess the more real artsy ones, and silent films and the black and white and the um, international and and whatever. But yeah. I don't know. It's just you get these. I, I mean, I just I scrolled past something on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and it was like top uh, ten trailers uh, that we know that are gonna debut during Super Bowl commercials, right? Yeah. Well, that doesn't scream product. What does? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting it in front of people's eyes, and that's what it's all about uh, today, because the competition is heavy. Very. Yeah. What, what streaming service are you going to subscribe to and how are you going to see this? And this is only available this and this pay. I, I sidebar to, to paywalls. I called tech support in for a problem at my school and they said, okay, we can absolutely take care of this problem during a uh, business hour. So we were going to have to give you a call back Monday. Cause that's what you paid for. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to take care of it on a Saturday and I can't do it until Monday. So like, this is the world we live in. It's what it's what it is. Pay more and you get more. <laughs> Cough it up, buddy. Well, I'm I whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's always interesting getting into yeah. these conversations with friends and colleagues and stuff. It's uh by the way, uh as we are recording this on uh Saturday night, 9 30 p.m. Central, the whale is trending. How about that? We've had a lot of whales wash up on the shore of the Jersey Shore, and I don't know if it's related. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> could be, could be. Excellent, my friend. Well, uh, 
like I said, you know, thank you so much. This was a, uh, a short little quick cuts, part of a larger trio of topics here with uh, my friend, Extra Star Wars. Extra everything, really. Sean, mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining me on this pleasure. little discussion. Pleasure, pleasure, as always, my friend. Any final thoughts on movies being product or art? What do you think? Well, I know when they don't sell tickets, it's out of the movie theater and onto your streaming platform as fast as possible. That's what I know. Uh, otherwise, um, I'm going to see a movie because it's entertainment. I'm not going to see a movie to critique uh, on purpose. But yeah. critiquing will happen just through natural conversation. Otherwise, uh, it wouldn't be in where I'm at, you know, doing all the things. Doing all the things and That's doing it. them right. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. And uh, I'm going to ask our audience, what do you guys think? Leave us a voicemail, 773-234-8659. Stick that number in your Rolodex. I'm sure you still have one. Talk to you guys later. Let's continue with some more Quick Cuts. have an incoming transmission from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Hotline, Commander, and we can't withstand a voicemail of this magnitude! Hello, this is Justin Reynolds. That's my Twitter handle. I follow you guys and on YouTube. Good product, good, uh, good content. So, movies as art or product. In the old days of Dr. Zhivago, Bridge on River Kwai, movies like that, they were art. In this day and age, We'll say Fast and Furious franchise, for example, their product. Let's get as much out there as we can, and we don't care what they look like. Versus the old days where they would work for sometimes up to two years to put a good movie out. Anyway, that's my hot take. We'll see you guys on the uh, Internet. So we got a couple of messages regarding this topic from Twitter. I put out the question, movies being art or product? We got a couple of answers. Supreme Ruler of Kesselvania says, like anything that is craft, intent and skill determine if it elevates itself to the level of art. Some things can be incredible art, some things can be incredible craft but poor art, and some things can be pure art and poor craft. I totally agree. And I think each individual person that goes out to the movies can make their own determination, but there is an aspect of the process which should always take into account what you end up thinking or interpreting that movie to be. Hans Spinnel says, I think writers, directors, actors, and crew would say they are focused on the art of storytelling. Studio is in the business of selling stories. A film slash story often transitions from art to product in the process. For better or worse, extended director cuts a closer proxy to art. And that is an interesting topic because we always see director's cuts and uh, alternative edits of a movie and we tend to correlate that to the studios interfering and not letting the artist's vision come through. 
in lieu of selling more tickets. When a movie is over 90 minutes or two hours, the studio starts to hem and haw and make the director cut it down a little bit. Sometimes we get things like Blade Runner where there's, uh, what, seven versions of, uh, of the movie. But um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting topic. And a while back, I posted a random question regarding nerd culture. Did the geeks win? We've got so much sci-fi, so much nerd material out there on all sorts of streaming platforms. We got an answer from the Dogfather. Geek culture is everywhere now. Things I was teased about when I was a kid or a teen are now cool. Studios are throwing millions at sci-fi and fantasy. Conventions are huge. We have had the last laugh and have taken over the world. (laughs) I totally agree. Big thanks to everyone who has responded. We've got a whole bunch of voicemails in the future as well, but remember to keep that phone number in your Rolodex. I know you still have one. 773-234-8659. Look for some questions and comments and make sure to call and leave us a voicemail so we can read it or play it on the show. Next up, we talk about action figures. Are you still collecting? Have prices priced you out? What's going on with Hasbro? Let's check it out. All right, friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our executor tier patrons, Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons, Rogue One Radio. Thank you, D. DJ Steve and Nicole. And check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics. Go subscribe to her show. Our Miami pal, The Frank. What's up, Frank? And Joey Rosales, longtime supporter of The Scuttlebutt. Thank you, kind sir. Massive shout out to my co-host and mistress of the dark, Chantel of Scarif After Dark. And the ever so wonderful Belinda. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you're on this list. Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Right, Scuttle Buddies, it's uh, Row again. We uh, have another section of our Quick Cuts episode, and uh, this should be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank Sean from Extra Star Wars for the last little segment. Uh, we talked about movies and art, but uh, I've got with me, we're going to be talking about toys, and uh, the first person that came to mind <laughs> as, it, uh, as it pertains to collecting Star Wars is my friend, 
the uh, one half of the Holla Chronicles podcast, the boys over at uh, at the Holla Chronicles podcast. You guys know them and love them for many, many years, as I do, Andy and Josh. But I got Andy here. Uh, welcome, Andy. Welcome, Ro. It's good to good to be back on with you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. We're just talking about uh, how long it has been. It's been, uh, yeah, it's it's been forever. Thank you very much for uh, making some time to come over to this side of the Citadel and uh, talk a little Star Wars. What uh, what you got for me today, Ro? So, you know, I've been hearing a lot of news. Uh, you know, as a collector, I like to kind of, uh, you know, from time to time, uh, follow some industry news. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, what was it last year? The Hasbro announced uh, regarding the uh, action figures, they announced that they were going to go windowless, no plastic. So uh, they were just selling a a box with a picture on it. And uh, if you get a brick, oh, well, but um, that that was kind of um, that was kind of concerning for me. Someone that likes to uh, to keep their action figures in a box, as you see behind me, I've got all my black series uh, still in the box. Uh, Brad makes fun of me because uh, he says that I don't set them free. But, uh, you know, sometimes the the boxes are kind of uh, works of art and it's uh, I feel guilty when I throw them out. Well, when they make them in a nice rectangular box, it is pretty easy to display them in their packaging. Absolutely. They, just, they, they stack real nice, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, the, I'm one of those guys. Uh, I don't take them out of the box uh, unless I have to. Sometimes the box comes damaged and, uh, you know, makes that decision a little easier. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I wanted to get your take. What do you think about windowless Black Series action figures? Um, You know, I'm not wild about it. Um, and And just for the simple reason that that there are knuckleheads out there that will take what's inside and either not replace it with a, you know, a fake version or a, you know, something else, swap it out with something else, or they'll just leave it empty. And sometimes you don't know what's inside until you get home. And there have, you know, you've seen, you've seen instances on Twitter or on other social media where like, Hey, I bought this and uh, on the inside was not what was sold to me, you know, and, and that's unfortunate the 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 main the main trouble i have with it is that i think it's i think it's false virtue um i think it's an attempt to say hey look at us we're doing this and it's good for our environment and and uh which which on the one hand should make you know some people be like oh they're being conscientious about what they're doing and that's good. That's positive. Um, even if it's not my preferred style, maybe, you know, just to be a little more worldly thinking that, uh, maybe I'll move in that direction, except that everything that goes into, uh, making just a cardboard box with all of the inks and with, uh, they still, you know, use tape to secure, which is plastics and, not to speak anything about the actual item that you're getting is 100% plastic. Right. Right. Um, you know, it seems like, uh, well, you need, you need those fossil fuels to, to make the plastics you need, you need, uh, it's, it's not necessarily earth friendly, those inks that they're using to replace the window. So, I mean, I, I think at best it's a wash 
And if the collectors prefer it one way or have gotten it for so long in one particular way, then um, I think you'll find that it's turning more people off than it is bringing um, new people or keeping hold of the current people. And I think that's a common thread that I'll be saying over and over throughout, you know, this, this quick cut this evening. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, when you put it that way, there are so many variables that go into creating an action figure and its packaging. I think the elimination of one little piece of plastic and I, you know, relatively speaking, I know, I, I you know, as a collector, I know how much plastic is inside the box, but it does seem like a, a very small portion of, of the, of the bigger picture. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, that is also my concern. I don't want to buy, you know, uh, 10, uh, you know, 10 Dinjarin action figures and then come home and I'm like, wait a minute, these are all Constable Zuvios. Um, <laughs> we don't we don't want that to happen. No, we would not want that to happen. You're right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think. um I think you're right. I think, you know, companies should, uh, you know, if they really are thinking about the environment or if they're really thinking about, you know, that aspect of, of product, I think maybe uh, an idea would be, I don't know, to set up some sort of way where collectors can maybe take their plastic if they are going to toss it and uh, or remind them to, to recycle it in some way. Um instead of, you know, kind of making a, an overarching or overreaching decision just to, uh, you know, just to eliminate the plastic uh, altogether. Um, well, I, I know there's been, um, you know, Black Series, uh, actually in a recent uh, Hasbro stream, they said that they were going to hold off on pre-orders for a while, which, you know, that's an entirely different topic of, it, of itself. But um, you know, instead of, instead of just complaining about something, Josh and I'd like to offer solutions too. you know, we're trying to be constructive with our criticism and then maybe offer an alternate, not that anybody listens to what we say, <laughs> but I had, I, we came up with a pretty good idea. I thought that, oh, cool. you know, be, be, because there are inbox collectors and there are out of box collectors, um, that, uh, that with a pre-order, you could very easily click a box. Like I want mine to be mailed in its packaging. Okay. With the window, you know, as it, as it comes normally. And if you're an out-of-box collector, then you can click, a you know, you can click a box that says, uh, you know, that I, I want it in a nondescript brown box. Because if you think back to the Star Wars mail-away figures, came in a very plain right you know white box with just enough ink on there to get the addresses on there and then it was shipped to you you know and, and the figures came in little baggies right but right. that's that's very minimalistic and you don't you know and and let's say the 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 packaging if you want it in the packaging it costs you know a, a couple dollars more than if it were just to come in a nondescript box you know um I I think you know giving it's always better to be given a choice than to be sure. told this is it, right? Especially as a consumer, we like choices. And, and for those that, that are out of box or um, are, are maybe trying to be conscientious of their carbon footprint, you know, um, that 
that you're offering, you're giving them a way to do that and, and still collect toys, you know? Yeah. You're not getting the, you know, an image of what it looks like, but you're, you're taking it out anyways, and you can see what it looks like on the website, right? You can see the articulation, you know, and that's, that's probably going to be good enough for a lot of those people anyway. And what I think it would do as an aside is I think it would be like for those completionists, they're going to get one that's in the box and one that's in the nondescript box. And then a third one that they can take out and play. You know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. it, it might, it might have a secondary effect that they actually might sell more of the figures to people that might only, you know, they might buy two, one to keep in the package, one to take out. They might end up buying a third one just for that third packaging, that nondescript packaging. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know what you think about that row, but I thought it was a, it was a pretty reasonable alternative. Just clicking on a pre-order, what kind of packaging you'd prefer it to come into. Yeah. And I think from a business aspect, a uh, offering the consumer that type of choice, um, obviously I think makes sense, but I think from a business aspect, um, there's still a lot of overhead that is involved in creating the infrastructure for someone to click on a choice and then having somebody instead of, you know, having a hundred people throw the same thing in a box and then ship it, you need a hundred people to do that. But then you also need another hundred people to take it out of the box and put it in plastic and put it in a nondescript box and then put that in another box and then ship that. So I, I kind of understand, you know, from a business perspective, why perhaps that may not be done. Yeah. Because like I said, it's, it's easier just to, you know, you got an action figure, put it in a box, ship it next, keep yeah. going. It's kind of like conveyor belt. You're right. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, that would be a, a great uh, the, a great way of, of, you know, I guess, eliminating that because, you know, you're, you're shipping a box with a window in it. And if that person doesn't want it, it's going to throw it out anyways. You know, if you give yeah. them a, 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 the opportunity to say, you know what, I, keep the box, I'm not going to I'm not going to ship it. And then the other thing, too, is uh, I don't think companies are going to sell that product that action figure that they're not sending a box i don't think uh companies would want to sell it for less um because you know really i mean <clears throat> i think they they would be losing money and then obviously you've seen how prices have uh started to creep up uh, especially with uh star wars black series action figures you know i remember there they were like 18 19 bucks now they're 25 some of the deluxe uh double figures are 40 42 bucks yeah. it's uh it's getting crazy it's getting pretty crazy it is and you had alluded to the fact that hasbro is laying off some people and and uh you know if 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 we might see as a result of that less coming out in the future and i think it i think it ties along with what uh what bob Iger's doing at disney as well he's laying off a few thousand employees and they're cutting 5.5 billion dollars from future plans three billion of which are new content projects that they're shelving you know and and if there's less if there's less star wars content coming out there's less opportunity for new merchandise unless they completely i mean I don't think they would completely do this, but they do a lot of repacking, you know, same molds, but just with a different paint sure. scheme. And, yeah. and, and, and I worry about that because if there's less content coming out and, and I think the content that's been coming out has been pretty good, 
Now, whether or not the the market is able to support that with loss of sus- subscribers, uh, competitive streaming services, and then and then you know overhead that you know overspending that Disney's done, you know, whether it be parks or whether it be ESPN or whether it be any of, you know, of their um, IPs that they sink a lot of money into like Star Wars, like they're cutting a lot and Hasbro's cutting a lot. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the YouTube uh, guy, action figure grader. He just did a video on how he thinks that Star Wars is kind of in a, a slow downward spiral uh, spiraling death where i uh, the points that he makes are are pretty reasonable and and again you mean, you mean star wars as an ip or star wars just the toy uh manufacturing aspect of it well with well like i said with the with the cuts in new content um at disney and along with the cuts at hasbro that they're making you know, I think you're going to see less coming out. Uh, you know, there's already things that are going to be coming out, but we're talking like two, three years down the road. I think there's going to be less coming out. And if less is coming out, you know, we, we've we hit, you know, the 40th anniversaries of Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and now this year Return of the Jedi. Right. So what what's what's the next big, you know, so in, in 2025, you've got your 20th anniversary of uh, Revenge of the Sith. But then after that, like, it's another five to 10 years before sure. we start hitting anniversaries again. And if less content, you know, how are they going to be drumming up merchandise opportunities if less content is coming out? So, and, and I don't know if, if you're finding this too, Ro, but it feels like to me among my circle of, you know, Twitter and YouTube, it feels like fewer people are coming into collecting in the star Wars. It's just, you know, guys in their forties and fifties and, and more often than not, they're, they're collecting less like black series. As far as people that I know, they're collecting less of it. Now they're not maybe completing runs. They're grabbing one here and there instead of trying to get them all. And, and maybe just stopping collecting them all together and, and, and just focusing on one thing instead of trying to get everything. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's if, if you found that to be true, too, but I think the anecdotal evidence that I see of fewer younger people coming into buying these toys and collecting, you know, they're really appealing to an our age of an audience. And and if they're not hooking us, then they're really going to be hurting. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you you said let's backtrack a little bit because you mentioned a couple of things. Yes, Hasbro is uh, laying off a thousand workers, um, and obviously, uh, you know, it's um, it's a big deal because uh, toy sales has declined over the last uh, several years, actually. Um, and uh, you know, we're not talking about just Star Wars toys. Um, obviously, the landscape of uh, entertainment for for kids uh, has changed. Nobody's uh, outside playing with action figures in the backyard anymore. Everybody's yeah. on their phones. Um, all the games are digital, and it has affected the business uh, per se. But um, you know, it, it uh, looks like there are a thousand jobs that are part of the cut. Um, last year, they were trying to save three hundred million dollars annually. Uh, 
up to 2025. And, um, you know, it, uh, it's going to affect, like you said, it's going to affect, uh, the number of items that come out. And I think that is also related to the, um, I guess, uh, you know, if you like a movie, if you like something that came out, obviously you're going to go out and, you know, purchase it. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I don't know <laughs> what that says about, you know, some of the new Star Wars that has come out, uh, especially after, you know, right after George sold, uh, you know, Star Wars and Lucasfilm to Disney. Uh, I did see a lot of uh, a lot of Snokes on the clearance aisle. Um, yep. And there are, you know, we still see a lot of those action figures from uh, from the uh, the sequels uh, in, in clearance bins. But it's interesting to me, too, because, you know. Without saying that uh, maybe the movies weren't as great as they should have been uh, in order for them to support toy sales, um, you know, that's not necessarily uh, very cut and dry. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, there are still um, action figures that are, are, are in the uh, clearance area, but uh, prices are going up and... Yeah. The, a lot of, like you said, a lot of new collectors are finding that, you know, they can't, they can't have walls of Star Wars action figures behind them when they podcast like us older guys, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult. But that being said, you know, uh, here's a, an article from the swaddle. And I think I also saw this on CNBC. One of the biggest things they, they name are kid alts and that, uh, that is, um, older collectors, yeah. Um, you know, kid adults, uh, obviously, uh, fans of, of, uh, you know, we'll talk specifically star Wars, uh, you know, folks like us that have been star Wars fans since we were, you know, like Andor says, since we were, we've been in this fight since we were six years old. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, there's the other aspect too, that older fans have maybe more disposable income, yep. uh, in order to be able to afford this stuff. Um, more so than, uh, than younger fans. And, um, it's, it's showing, uh, in, in the economy. Yeah. The, you know, COVID really did a number on us economically. And, and I think we're starting to feel the ripple effect of that, you know, with the, with the lack of being able to move products and, you know, things getting expensive gas going through the roof, you know, and, and, uh, you know, all that, all that hits us in different ways and at different times. And this is now it's really starting to hitting, you know, in COVID vintage stuff went through the roof. Right. And it hasn't come down a lot, but everything else has gotten more expensive too. And if you're going to have to decide, well, you know, I could get a hundred dollars of groceries and spend 50 bucks on toys this, you know, this week or this, next month or whatever uh, but now groceries are 150 bucks for the same things right you know the, you you prioritize your needs before your wants at least you should and right. and and that's and that's uh that's gonna that's gonna hit your entertainment funds first you know sure yeah. but but I, I find it i find it amazing that the vintage stuff has still held mm -hmm. the, those high prices they haven't come down a whole lot um and maybe that's because they've already been made not there and none of them are getting made again, you know? So 
the stuff that's coming out now, take it or leave it, you know, but we've got this stuff that's been around for 40 years. And if you're going to collect something, you might as well collect something that has the staying power as the vintage stuff. Right. 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 As, as opposed to, cause you know, you do collect because you like the things, but you do can collect. I know people collect for, uh, for investment as well. Um, sure. That's why, that's why you take care of things. That's why some people keep their things in boxes because if, they ever tire of it, they know that it's still in its authentic, original, you know, way it came. So, so, I mean, that's all that stuff matters and it all adds together. And, and, and I, I do think you're going to see less from Hasbro because you're going to see less from Disney over the next few years. Um, and, uh, and, and I fear that action figure grader John could be correct that, that we could be seeing the first, the first uh, turn of a downward spiral of less Star Wars stuff in general. Back to the '90s, the dark ages, the <laughs> dark times. Dark. History repeats, you know. So right. we we do go through dark times, and then we come out, you know. And then there's a reformation, and right. then uh, you know, for every dark ages, there's a reformation. So. Um, so it's not it's not the end of the world it's it's for a time you know it's to every season turn 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 you know as the right. turtles say sure yeah <laughs> but uh you know this this might just be the beginning of a pendulum swing back to less right and uh you know re reshifting of priorities uh from a content standpoint economic standpoint collector standpoint and that's okay I'm okay with that. It needs to happen sometimes. There needs to be a flush once sure. in a while. A purge, as they say. As they say. A purge trooper. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, speaking of troopers, it's interesting. You know, when The Force Awakens came out and the rest of the uh, sequels, you know, obviously there were toys and uh, action figures that uh, accompanied that. You know, um, they stayed around for quite a while. And I think you know, once um, I think once the powers that be saw that uh, a lot of those new toys weren't selling, they kind of uh, went back and started. Uh, I started to see more stormtroopers, more Darth Vader's, more yeah. action figures yeah. from the original trilogy. Yep. And I think it's, uh, you know, again, it's it's a strategy that leads me to believe that, uh, you know, they should have been maybe catering to the older fan or the fan that really has such a deep connection to this IP that, mm -hmm. uh, that nostalgia works wonders. Um, yeah. You know, getting back to this article, uh, you know, adults, uh, accounted for one fourth of annual toy sales. Can you guess how, what the revenue is for adults for that, uh, one fourth, of uh the annual toy sales um and i think that is as of uh last year just uh, uh throw out a number two billion uh a little higher eight billion a little higher just a tiny little higher 12 billion close you, you were close with eight it was nine billion dollars in revenue as bad as toy sales were <laughs> We still contributed to nine billion dollars. Yeah, amazing. It's, it's not nothing. But again, it's uh, it's the older fans. It's uh, you know, guys like uh, us who have really been 
you know, collecting forever. Uh, I still have uh, my very first Star Wars action figure. Um, somebody just asked me recently, um, and you know, it's uh, it's still uh, it's still around. So yeah, it's um, interesting stuff. Well, I was just going to say it's a, it's a wait and see game. You know, we could definitely be wrong with all this, but uh, you know, the it is in the tea leaves a little bit. Absolutely, you collect what you love. And if you don't love it, don't get it. You know, that's how collecting should be. Um, that's how I've always tried to do it. And, uh, you know, do what, do what makes you happy. And that's how it's, that's how it's always going to be. And if that ends up being less than fine, you know, um, I, we in the last few years have been pretty privileged with all of the content that has come out, whether you've liked all of it or not, you know, there's been a lot that has come out in all medias, video games, uh, live action, animated, um, you know, movies going back to the sequels, you know, and some people really enjoyed those and, you know, some people didn't, but, you know, there's been a lot of content and we've been pretty privileged and, and some of that's related to some pretty cool collectible items and figures and, and all that stuff. And some of it hasn't, but, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, five, six years from now, we'll look back and say, man, that was a really bountiful time. You know, there, there was a lot going on, a lot of stuff coming out. And and if there's less in the future, then then we might look on this time as being pretty fortunate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hopefully it'll continue and uh, we'll have this talk again in another 40 years. <laughs> See what happens. Uh, yeah, put me down. Pencil me in. Pencil me in. <laughs> So uh, before we take off, I just want to uh, make sure that uh, you remind our two listeners where to find you guys. <laughs> uh, we're on uh, YouTube at Holocronicles, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and we do have a Facebook as well, all the same, Holocronicles. Uh, we interact a lot on Twitter and Instagram primarily, but we do try to do a bi-weekly that's once every two weeks, not twice a week. Once every couple of weeks, put out our own little uh, pod talking about the latest to-dos and what have yous. But uh, yeah, thanks, Ro. Thanks for having me on. It was good chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, well, we'll be right back with more Quick Cuts. Let's see what other conversations and trouble we can get into. Excellent. Just a reminder to find us on all the socials. Just search Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. And if you like what you hear, thank you so much. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to tell a friend or two. If you want to give us feedback on this episode of Quick Cuts, give us a call. 773-234-8659. Hold on to that phone number, put it in your favorites, and leave us a voicemail. Right, big thanks to Andy of the Holocronicles podcast. And uh, I'm back. That is right. Uh, I got another guest. This is our third topic. And it's something that uh, has been in the news. We've been seeing a lot of uh, lights in the sky and balloons and UFOs and all sorts of crazy stuff. 
being shot down by governments all across the planet. Oh, my. Uh, so I wanted to ask the question, and I, I think I did ask the question on the Twitters. Um, does nerd culture prepare us for more of an alien invasion than the general population? Are we used to lights in the sky and science fiction and all that stuff? Has that taught us to be um, a little bit more open to these unbelievable situations? Because, as I said in the post, we know the truth is out there. And with me uh to uh to explain to uh, i guess to talk a little bit about that is tim from the fsf podcast how's it going brother doing well doing well thanks for having me on oh yeah no problem no problem thanks for uh joining us on this quick cuts edition and yeah. um yeah so what do you think of all the uh ufos being shot down <laughs> uh it's crazy I I think it's more like a spy movie than it is a uh, than it is anything yeah. alien UFO. Like so, you know, a this, little this a is, little less ID. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> it's a little more uh, low rent James Bond, and uh, a little less you know Independence Day. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're we're not going to see any grays uh, come out of these balloons anytime soon, eh? I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> My oh, yeah. uh, my co-host Kathleen is of the firm belief that uh, Earth is the ghetto of the universe, and if aliens are aware of us, that they roll up their windows and lock their doors when they drive by. <laughs> wow! Yeah, well, that sounds uh, that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> I think it is. I mean, I'm I'm like, well, it explains why nobody's touched down just yet, you know? Right. Absolutely. But, um, you know, the the question still exists um, regarding, you know, I guess our uh, our branch of the fandom, um, you know, we're used to aliens and first contact and star Wars and star Trek and all sorts of fun stuff like that. We're used to aliens kind of, uh, touching down. Um, like I said, uh, you know, first contact and, and all those crazy things. Um, you know, we were treated obviously to shows like the X files that, um, yeah. the, you know, they, it, they give us a, a kind of, um, I don't know. The the X-Files for sure is kind of like a dystopian look of of how humanity handles uh science fiction or you know how humanity right. would handle, you know, an alien invasion or not even an invasion, um like a secret incursion, just even um, an appearance. Yeah, yeah, but um you know, other movies uh give us a little less uh fear. We you know, I, I can go back to the uh, 80s when we had um, that show V the series. Oh, yeah. Um, if you remember Diana, that, the lizard uh, prince. Uh, yeah, princess. exactly. Um, fun stuff, but, um, you know, we welcomed them with open arms. Um, might've been a mistake, but, uh, what, uh, what do you think of, uh, shows like that, that show us, uh, I guess, you know, that, uh, not all aliens are, are bad. I guess in this case they were, but we didn't know that at first during the show. Right. Don, I want to know what's going on. Those tanks down in the hold. You've been there? Yeah. They're full of water. Where's the chemical you guys are making? There's no chemical. What the hell? Oh, my God. That chemical's just a smokescreen, isn't it? That isn't what you want at all. You're right. You're here to take the water. <laughs> Are we 
more open to something like that if it actually did happen in, in real life. What do you think? No, we're not. Uh, so here's why. Uh, <laughs> I think we like watching the movies. I think we're going to have a harder time with just with the argument of the general population. Once social media gets a hold of it, trying to identify what to call it, because somebody's going to want to argue. With it, that's going to. I think that's the bigger issue. Is what do we call them? And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that our our population right now is uh and myself included so you know anybody who's listening to this and gets offended uh know that i'm talking to myself about myself as well yeah. we're a little soft in the middle okay and <laughs> yeah. uh when it pudgy. comes time you know, i'm not exactly a thin man over here so i'm you know i'm, I'm <laughs> including myself but when it comes right down to it i don't think we have the fortitude to stand up and, and fight when it comes to all these aliens and things, people are going to to shrink back and go for their their basic necessities of food, clothing, shelter, making sure that that they and theirs is, are cared for. Um, you know, so I, I think that unless it comes down with a big ribbon, a bow, and a sign that says, "Hey, you know, we are definitely here for friendship," and and uh, you know, that's the only way this ends out ends up well, because otherwise, it's they bring down one laser pointer and, uh, you know, they've got doomed. control of this joint. Yeah. What if they come down and say, you know what? We, we, we have come here to replenish toilet paper supplies. <laughs> then, Where were uh, you in 2020? That's all I want to know. <laughs> exactly. Um, you yeah. make bank in 2020. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, I posted that on Twitter and, uh, one of our followers, perpetual cinema says I would worry about heightened, uh, paranoia due to how bad it is often, portrayed in the movies uh when yeah. aliens come here um yeah it's because i i have the the belief that a person is intelligent people as a collective are stupid yeah yeah and, and we've seen that, that oh yeah and once you get that mob mentality and that paranoia goes sweeping through the, the mob uh there's no reasoning there's no logic there's no intelligence right and the next thing you know you've gone from an intelligent person getting swept up into that mob mentality and that paranoia. And then you're kind of off, you're, you're kind of off the charts at that point. And it's just danger, you know, and in the end of it. Sure. Another follower, uh, alter ego podcast says that it may at first give us a false sense of safety, I guess, meaning the, uh, our, I guess our foreknowledge of, of aliens because we're sci-fi fans. It may give us a false sense of safety or knowledge beforehand, but nothing would, be able to prepare the general public for an event such as uh, a UFO invasion. Well, yeah, and the, yeah, there's something to that too. Uh, you know, because what he's saying is that, you know, we have this perceived uh, head start or advantage because of our fandoms. And but right. the problem is uh, all these have been written by earthlings, by humans. Sure. Right. We, this is how we think it's going to go from mm -hmm. a human perspective. And so we get to the point of, of of actually having this you know group or, or of other sentient human or he, not humans but uh individuals land and what's going to happen you know right we we don't know really we have an idea from what we've seen play out in movies and tv shows and all these different things you know is it going to be like alf where they just want to come out come down here hang out and you know occasionally eat a cat or two right. or is it going to be like independence day where they're here to well basically take over right. and we have to hope that our bullets and and missiles and bombs and all that stuff can actually do damage
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and I guess um, this is a topic uh, for a completely new um, podcast, but you also have to go back to the fact of whether you believe aliens exist or not. Right. As, as how we handle that sort of thing. Um, another follower, a mind on fire says, uh, and I guess it's, it, it, they're paraphrasing a little bit of what you said regarding us being soft around the middle. Um, nerd culture is cool, but are we prepared to survive off the land or fight an alien horde <laughs> uh, protecting the bunghole? But because for some reason, aliens just want to probe our bungholes. And yeah, I, I'm not sure. Again, um, stories that were written by people. I don't know why they always go for the bunghole. Um, <laughs> unprotected access port. I don't know. I got, that's all I got. Yeah. But he's, I mean, okay. So they're kind of right as well. So, you know, sure. uh, an attack comes in, you got to, in this again, myself included, I, right. I have a, a star Wars RPG game. You know, what are we going to do? Sit there, roll our D 20 and go, okay, I'm, I'm rolling for attack damage, you know, you know, or are they going to be able <laughs> yeah. to, to know what it takes to be able to hunt, gather, right. uh, do what's, you know, uh, build a, an efficient shelter, you know, in, in times of need, if they have to abandon their home or, or their apartment or, or whatever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's no aliens right now. And people are talking about uh, skipping breakfast because there's uh, no eggs. I mean, what happens when aliens come down? Right. You can better so, hope they're chicken. <laughs> they're chicken aliens. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. It's interesting. I think as much as we sci-fi fans, um, you know, I guess seem familiar with that sort of thing on the surface, uh, one can never be really prepared for, you know, something that steps outside of the fantasy because we don't know right. exactly what that's going to entail. I mean, on the one hand, I want to believe that it's a possibility that that, you know, if if these other sentient creatures were able to come down and we were able to meet them, that I would like to think that the intelligence of the human society would, would shine through and that we'd be able to handle it in a cohesive manner. Even if it was uh, under duress, I want to think that's what's going to happen, but I don't think that's what's going to happen just because of what, what we see in the world around us and the way that people react to even minor things. And just, I mean, just, I pray that they don't land on a black Friday, you know, because <laughs> uh, yeah. we really won't know what to do. Yeah. But, but I want to think that we're able to have, um, you know, pull our wits about us and have a discourse and and be able to be all the things that we see in, you know, in, in sci-fi. Once we get past the the shock or the 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 being scared of what is or not, you know, what is coming or what's not coming and all those different things, you know, I think it's if we're able to get past that, then there's a fighting chance uh, for humankind to be able to go okay well we can probably handle this but it's not going to be because of anything that we watched or learned in in sci-fi because mm. again i think being from a human perspective that gives us only so much yeah. you know accuracy because we're, we're you know i mean they're all really cool stories i mean we look at star trek and and how they you know they've gone through the universes and babylon fives and farscapes and you know uh Red Dwarf and all those other kinds of shows that, you know, traverse the galaxy is, and sure. go around and see things. But even at that, I mean, they're really cool stories. And, you know, the, 
gives us hope, especially Star Trek. Star Trek is always hopeful and it sure. helps us to look at things and think maybe that this is a possibility. But even at that, their writers are doing this. Yeah, I think that might work. Right. You know, they're they're checking which way the wind goes. And uh, it's because it's what's appealing to humankind. So hopefully, you know, it'd be cool if that's the way, it, you know, I'm hoping that this goes more uh, Star Trek. As much as I love Star Wars and it's my all time, you know, uh, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is my all time favorite movie. Sure. I I hope for the future, if this does happen, that we go more Star Trek than, than Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I guess uh, as long as uh, one of our world leaders uh, climbs atop that F-16 and uh, says that wonderful speech that inspire our, our armed forces. Right? Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation, we're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Give but, the Bill Pullman Independence yeah, Day speech. Exactly, exactly. But I think it's going to end up uh, where we're just going to have to protect our bungholes. <laughs> Wow. It's like it's like the video game uh, PUBG. Just walk around with a frying pan over your backside. <laughs> exactly. you know, you'll, be, exactly. you'll be fine. Yeah. It'll, it'll deflect. But um, yeah, any uh, final thoughts on alien invasions and how uh, us nerds would handle that? This is this is good. Yeah. You know, I, I'm <laughs> I'm hoping that, uh, like I said, I'm hoping that we can be the intelligent, sentient beings that I think we are. I would like to think that that's a possibility. I, and again, I'm hoping it's more Star Trek than Star Wars, even though Star Wars is, is my, that's my comfort. That's my jam. But, uh, you know, they, like I said, they come down with laser swords and, and, uh, pew pew sticks. I think we're in, we're in a lot of trouble here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Thank you for this discussion here, Tim. Hey, thanks uh, for having me, bro. Why don't you, uh, tell the folks where people can find you? Hi guys, I'm Tim. I'm the host of the FSF podcast along with my friends Nick and Kathleen. We sit down and we talk to the people doing the things. We're an interview-based podcast. Uh, we talk to, like I said, we talk to the people doing the things. And every Monday night at seven o'clock, we do a live show. So you can catch us on YouTube uh, or your favorite audio podcast providers. Or check us out on our website, www.fsfpodcast.com. Excellent, sir. Thank you so much for this discussion and uh, coming on here to the uh, to talk about uh, alien invasion on this quick cuts episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I've been dropping uh, our email all over the place. Uh, if you want to comment and weigh in, send us an email or a little uh, a little voice note in our inbox at scarefscuttlebutt at gmail.com. Or if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, give us a call on the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline, 773-234-8659. Put that number in your Rolodex. 
we know you still got one somewhere. And that's the scuttlebutt. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Just wanted to remind you all, we can be found wherever you find your other favorite shows. iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Podchaser, Backtracks FM, Podtail, Owltail, Google Podcast, and of course, our own Red5Network.com to name a few. And don't forget to drop us a voicemail at 773-234-8659, our Scuttlebutt hotline. We want to hear what's on your mind. Your call is very important to us. Let us know what you think of the show, what future topics we should tackle, or just to say, hello there. Please hold. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.